This is your host, Tristan Stevenson. Today, I am joined by Christopher Menning. Christopher is the host of the On The Back Bar podcast and founder of Gastronomer Lifestyle, which is a bar and restaurant review website that's centered mostly around Bangkok, which is where Christopher currently resides. On this episode, we discuss the culinary scene in Thailand today. Hope you enjoy. I've experienced a few times, this often happens in the US, but I've, I've experienced it elsewhere too, where, you know, your server comes over, introduces themselves, um, pours you some ice water, and then sort of reels off a couple of menu items that presumably they've been prompted to recommend. Now that, that can be warning signs for me because I'm like, hmm, Okay, cool. It's cool that you're recommending it. A lot, you know, probably would have asked for a recommendation anyway. But it's kind of coming at the tail end of a spiel that's been reeled off or almost automatically. Um, it's like, is, are you recommending this because you know there's a good GP on it, or um, the you know the ingredients are shifting towards their their use by date, and, and you know we need to get this out of the kitchen, make some money on it. Um, and I, I'm not sure that's a good strategy. I, for personally, I don't see that as good service. It's, I mean, obviously, a lot of it depends on the delivery. Um, if it can be delivered naturally into the conversation, then then that's fine. But um, yeah, I'm pretty much make a habit now of not even asking what I should eat, but asking what they would eat. What what's the good? What's good on the when you get when you get this for like staff lunch? You know, what's what's the tastiest thing on the menu? And um, being someone who eats pretty much everything these days, that's uh, it means that you know I'm an open book as to what I'm going to order. Well. I, I think, you know, a good experience of that is when I was at Grave Thai Manor and uh, we were very fortunate to have a one-acre walled kitchen garden and it was very much the case of in the morning me and the chef would go up or him and his team, me and my team, uh, and see what was growing. So everything was super seasonal, you know. We might have pumpkin growing for, you know, a month or two, so great, we're going to use pumpkin in the menu. So without it being forced you can really touch into the locality and seasonality of it and say hey well this is in season this is what we're using because it tastes great right now uh, and i think people are appreciating more right um great example was pumpkin um nightmare ingredient to use in cocktails <laughs> if you're using fresh pumpkin but we actually did uh, over the time of autumn a, a pumpkin spice latte cocktail uh, and it was so popular, it was a lot of fun. I was going to say, that's pretty much the only direction you can really go. With yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we did a pumpkin puree, um, some rum, uh, like a spice syrup as well. But people loved it because it was sort of, it was the time, right? It's October, it's autumn. Um, and people saw pumpkin and were like, yes, I want that. So yeah, without it being forced, you definitely got to look at, you know, the locality, the seasonality as well. Uh, I, I think it's definitely the route. Yeah, well, I, I mean, building in, added value around the ingredients you're using um whether that's food or drink is always a wise move i think um i think uh, you know it's all good and well recommending something but you can recommend it and say why um and you know perhaps the reason why is multifaceted why because i tasted it earlier and it's delicious or because it's in season or because we won't have it again tomorrow because we're running out and you know all of that adds in value and, and sort of improves the experience and it just gives you a connection, I think, to the ingredients and the food that you don't get from reading off a menu and then placing an order. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of time where we really need to focus on the menu and how it's being presented. And uh, I, I think what I found being in Thailand, Southeast Asia, is the market is quite young and people are going very complex. We have a lot of bars having their own sous vide machines and roto vaps, and that's great. And the experimentation is. Um, phenomenal we've seen some people do uh, water bug infusions 
um, and the water bug is essentially like a cockroach. Um, so, you know, very experimental and whilst a lot of the public may not be ready for that, um, you know, it's still pretty cool. But I do believe that having a structure in the menu to make it easier for guests to sort of have this journey of, of flavours and and I really am such a fan of locality. I, I do believe that, you know, what grows in the area should be what you use. Um, even working with local farmers, so you absolutely 100% know what's growing right now, what's good to use. And it gives guests or consumers coming to your bar or restaurant uh, a sense of place, a sense of pride to be proud if they live in that area as well. Uh, and it just adds to that whole experience. It can be hard to constantly change the menu, but I think if you're using the ingredients that are grown, you can sort of build up some uh, regimens or some structure towards that as well. But I think for me, as I write for Gastronomer Lifestyle and as I go to many bars and restaurants, that's really what I look for. I look for someone who's created a menu that's um, had a foundation of, of understanding the flavour and the concepts of, of how they work well together, but also really understanding their local area and I guess promoting it in drinks or food. Anything else strange or interesting that you've seen? Something that's you know particularly unique to Thailand? We, we have a lot of uh, strange fruits here, which we're, we're, we're very proud of. Uh, durian is a very interesting one. Uh, um, have you heard of durian before? Oh yeah, I've had durian a few times, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. It almost tastes like um, fried onions is what I think. <laughs> but, um, I've seen a lot of people use that in cocktails as well. Um, mangosteen is, is a beautiful fruit and um, it grows around the same time as durian. Um, very interesting looking fruit, but it's got a really wonderful sweet flavour, very light as well. Um, I think a lot of people do um, some interesting concepts with, with the fruit in Thailand, but thinking about how Thai eat their food, and it really is that sort of classic five, the sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and hot. And uh, being able to transfer that into drinks is, is extremely difficult, but I have seen it play off quite well. There are some really good bars uh, in Chinatown, and uh, you know some really amazing people doing cocktails there, um, really highlighting Bangkok and the flavors of it. What would be your sort of ultimate late night food snack? Something maybe a guilty pleasure, let's say. <laughs> so, I think when I was working back in hospitality, it was cold pasta. I always used to love a good bowl of cold pasta from the fridge. But these days, I don't know. We uh, we're so spoiled for choice. Um, noodles. I love noodles. If you're going out, you're always going to find a noodle shack. Um, and just, it's kind of pasta as well, really, isn't it? In yeah, in a way. <laughs> but you just pump it full of, you know, um, uh, chili flakes and then some vinegar as well. And it's such a great, like, meal to have. Um, but I also do really love mango sticky rice. That's something I've been a lot of recently um, because it's beautiful. They cut the mango up, the sticky rice is on the side. Um, and it's with coconut milk as well. So super indulgent. Um, for those who don't know what sticky rice is, essentially they, they kind of... Um, they have the rice rolled out in the heat of the day and it sort of dries out but the carbohydrates I guess the sugars um, sort of almost come out uh, around the side and it almost cooks in the sun but it's fantastic with desserts really really good yeah it's very absorbent as well isn't it like when I've had um, Thai sticky rice with um, curry like as opposed to sort of like basmati where each sort of kernel of rice or grain of rice is individual this is, it sort of takes on a lot more of a sponge-like property, so you can sort of suck up the curry in the rice. It does, yeah. Yeah, we, we, I love it. I mean, we, um, one of the bars I consulted for in Bangkok, we decided to do a street food series. Uh, one of them was uh, County Amwooping. Uh, we did do a, a fat wash with bourbon and, and bacon, essentially the pork fat, uh, and then did a yeah, sticky rice um, sort of syrup that worked really well. And the other one was uh, 
pramok yang. Pramok yang is um, essentially dried squid with um, seafood sauce and we what we did, we infused the squid with a vodka, I think it was, and made a seafood sauce liqueur. Um, and that ended up being one of our most popular cocktails because it was so familiar to the Thai community. They loved the flavors already. Um, and it just worked perfectly as a drink. Thanks for listening to this Bar Chat Shorts. If you liked it, be sure to check out the full conversation with Christopher and don't forget to rate and subscribe.